What's going on? Welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. Happy game day. The Pelicans snapped their three-game losing streak last night in Memphis, defeating them 144-113, to one of the best wins of the season and much needed. But no rest for the weary tonight as they welcome in one of the hottest teams in the NBA, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. And we welcome in Travis Demers, who is the radio voice of the Portland Trailblazers. They're also working on the back-to-back, and he is kind enough to join us on this Wednesday. Travis, I appreciate it. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you doing? I know the weather there has been pretty rough. We've thawed out a little bit, but how are you doing? Uh, we're about to thaw out. Uh, we hope so this afternoon, but right now a little bit cold, but um, we can handle it, uh, especially after a Pelicans win. But, I mean, let's talk about your team right now before I get the gym. Um, Five-game winning streak, as I mentioned, the second longest one in the NBA. What's been clicking for this team right now? It's been a lot of things. Obviously, Damian Lillard has been very good down the stretch in the last couple of games. That's that's the obvious thing. But really, it's been complete team wins. And with Yusuf Nurkic and C.J. McCollum out, uh, Rodney Hood has missed some time. Uh, Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr. has missed time. Zach Collins hasn't played this year. They have needed other guys to step up. And Gary Trent Jr. has been terrific. Uh, Anthony Simon said five threes last night. Carmelo Anthony has been very good in the last two weeks. And his canter has been unbelievable, giving us stuff that we, we never thought we would see from him. Really, it's been it's been a team effort. But the, the big thing is defensively. This team really struggled in the first you know, 15, 17 games or so of the season defensively. And in the last two weeks, things have been different. Part of that is the opponents. You know, The three-point numbers have come down because they've played teams that don't take a, and make a lot of threes. But they've been getting steals, blocks. They've been active, getting more fast break points. And doing a lot of things on the on the defensive end of the floor, especially late in games. Travis, you mentioned um, the Blazers obviously having to compensate for multiple guys being out. It's not just that they have players out, but I mean, really, if you look at the injury list, it's all very key guys. It's not like end of the bench guys that are on their injury list right now. Um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, specifically about the matchup tonight, I, that I think a lot of people will be following is New Orleans is one of the best rebounding teams in the league. Obviously. Um, you know, Zion and Steven Adams are such a tough pairing in the paint, but how has Portland kind of compensated for, you know, Nurkic being out? He only played the first 12 games. And I, a lot of people I know around the league uh, have been, were, were thought that Zach Collins is a very promising guy. He was a starter at the end of the regular season last year. He hasn't played at all. So, I mean, how have they, you know, battled in the paint without a couple of those key pieces? Well, it's been tough, but Ennis Cantor's been huge. You know, last night he had 21 rebounds. Uh, in his starting role, he's getting about 14 rebounds a game, a lot of them on the offensive glass. Last night, what do you have? Seven offensive rebounds. And in the time that, that Cantor has been in the starting lineup, they're second in the NBA in second chance points. And he has been terrific. Uh, Harry Giles was out last night. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be out tonight. But he's, you know, top 10 in the league in terms of rebounds per minute. He's only playing about 13, 14 minutes a game during the stretch. But he's been a terrific rebounder, too. So those two guys have done a terrific job uh, on the glass. And it's, it's been really big for this team. But Derek Jones Jr., with his athleticism, has come in and grabbed some big offensive rebounds. Robert Covington has played a little bit uh, more in the front court at the five position like he did with the Rockets last year. And he's been very good. So – They've had a number of different guys. I don't want to say they're playing out of position with some of them, but they've had guys who have stepped up and played a different role than they were expected to, and they've done a really good job doing it. There was a, uh, a kind of a funny incident. I think it was a, by now, it was a couple of years ago when Carmelo Anthony was in Oklahoma City. 
and someone asked him about coming off the bench. He thought it was kind of hilarious at the time, but I mean, it seems like lately he's been one of the best reserves in the NBA. I mean, how has he kind of embraced that role and, and how much of a, of a factor has he been lately? I mean, just judging by the numbers, I mean, he's, seems like he's been very productive the last few weeks, especially. Yeah. And uh, he's, I think he's only started two games this year because of injury and before the season, he he knew what his role was going to be. Right. And and when, when the Blazers brought him in last year and he talked about about halfway through the year, he said um, my last couple of places and he didn't name them by name, but you can do the math. Never talked to him about his role. He said that the Blazers explained to me what my role was. We knew he wasn't going to be the first or second option, maybe not even the third option. And when they brought him back this year, I think a lot of people were surprised they brought him back at all because he wasn't going to be a starter. And we didn't know that he'd accept that role. And he said, look, Damon CJ aren't coming off the bench. Nurk's not coming off the bench. Somebody has to. And they needed his offense coming off the bench. So he accepted it. And it took him a couple of weeks to, to get into a rhythm. And then once he did, he was you know shooting 44% from three for a while, which is the best he's ever shot. And then he just hit a slide. He was he was rough. I think he was five of twenty-eight from three over the stretch of about five games. And the last five or six games, he's been really good during this winning streak. He's come up with some big shots. Um, you know, he does his his ISO stuff that he's always done is vintage Carmelo Anthony, and that's been successful. But he's also become a really good three-point shooter. And right now, he's at thirty-seven percent from the for the year after dropping to about 33 percent a couple of weeks ago. And he has accepted his role. He understands that he's going to be on the floor at the end of game. So it doesn't matter as much that he's going to start. Like last night after the Blazers blew a 24 point lead and were down, they took out Derek Jones Jr. and brought in Mello for the final four minutes of the game. And they outscored him 18 to two down the stretch and won partially because he was out there against Dallas, a one point game late. He has the ball. It's not Dame who has the ball. He has it on the wing. Dallas brings the double team and leaves Jones wide open underneath. So even if he's not scoring, he is requiring a double team from the opponent and that leaves somebody open. And when you've got other guys who can shoot Dame, Simons, Trent, you know, Covington, whoever it might be, it's been really important for this team. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Lillard had four threes in those last four minutes down the stretch last night, yep. um, which is unbelievable and not surprising to say the least. But when you've been watching other teams try to defend Lillard, especially now with McCollum out, because it's one less, I know, guard they have to worry about. I know you talked about other guys stepping up. How are you seeing defenses attack Lillard? Because, you know, you mentioned, I mean, he can shoot from anywhere. Logo Lillard, people are calling him now. Of course, he can shoot from anywhere. Step back threes. How are you seeing defenses trying to attack Lillard and trying to contain him as much as he can? Yeah, there, there's a lot of double teams, a lot of traps, but he's good at passing out of it. We've seen a lot more zone against the Blazers the last couple of games. We saw a lot of zone last night, and, and once the Thunder switched the zone, that really changed things up. And when they did that, they erased a 24-point deficit. Um, and they'll, teams will do that. Uh, they'll trap Dame. They'll try and you know uh, force him to pass out of it. But what's been the difference with this Blazers team than other Blazers teams in the past, and even with CJ off the floor, when you trap Dame and Gary Trent Jr. is shooting 44% from three, or Anthony Simons is shooting 43% from three, and Carmelo Anthony is clutch. He can play, make big plays down the stretch. Robert Covington, um, you know, a number of guys that can make big plays. It's a lot more difficult to trap Dame and double-team him when you have other guys who can shoot. They haven't had that before. When it was Al Farouk Aminu and Maurice Harkless, those guys weren't taking and making a lot of three-pointers. They weren't creating plays. So you could trap Dame, you could double-team Dame and CJ like the Pelicans did in the playoffs a couple of years ago, 
and make somebody else beat you and they couldn't, you can't really do that anymore. So it's forcing teams to try something different, either going zone or playing one-on-one and, you know, hoping that Dame doesn't beat you, but he has. It is a really tough challenge for a lot of teams, and I think that's why they're playing some really good basketball right now. A couple more questions uh, before I let you go. Um, we talk about uh, the matchup tonight, and without, you know, obviously those big men down low, you see a guy like Zion Williamson, who's been phenomenal inside the paint. Yeah. His last 11 shots last night um, before not playing pretty much most of the fourth quarter. Um, how do you see the Blazers trying to defend that, knowing that the Pelicans have had so much success in the paint and the Blazers are without Nurkic and, and Collins? Yeah, and you know, a couple of games ago against Joel Embiid, they brought double teams. Both those games against Embiid, they brought double teams. He passed out of them. Uh, I haven't seen much of Zion this year, so I don't I don't know where his development is in terms of that, but the numbers tell you a, a really good story about him. So I, d- I don't know. Um, there might be some double teams with him, but then that would leave somebody else open. Um, with, with the front court issues that they're having right now, I mean, Ennis Cantor is really the only guy with size that's going to be available if, if Giles doesn't play. I think at times the Blazers will be willing to concede some of those points in the paint, considering that they take 42 threes a game and they're hitting 16, and last night they hit 20. And if they're going to trade three for two, I, I think they're willing to do that, especially if they're making those. But if the threes aren't falling, which you know they've, they've made 10 threes or more in every game this season, uh, I think it's 40 straight games now they've made at least 10 threes in a game. So they're, they're willing to, to trade some of those threes for twos, but they'll get some help from Robert Covington. Derek Jones Jr. is long and active on the defensive end. So I think they're going to try and make life as, as difficult as they can for Zion and you know try and make somebody else beat them. But again, that, that might be tough to do. All right, last question for you. Uh, I know we haven't seen this matchup this year between the Pelicans and the Blazers, but what, what just intrigues you about the matchup? You mentioned haven't been able to focus on the Pelicans a lot because you're focusing on your team and yeah. every team's playing basically every night or every other night. But what sticks out to you about this matchup, especially, of course, it's so early, uh, but these two teams might be battling for a playoff position or something maybe down the line. Uh, what sticks out to you about this matchup tonight? Well, I don't want to focus on a negative here, but I see the Pelicans 29th rated defense in the league and the Blazers 28th rated defense in the league. <laughs> and I can see this being a similar game like you guys had against Dallas a, a few games ago. I don't know if it's going to be 145-130, but after seeing the Pelicans drop 144 last night, I think it was, what, 43 in the fourth quarter, there could be some fireworks in this game. And there was a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, the Blazers can take and make a bunch of threes. Zion is incredible. Brandon Ingram. I saw Josh Hart last night had 27. So there are a number of guys on both teams that can score and score big. And this could be one of those fast-paced games. Both teams are in the middle of the pack in terms of pace. But this could be one of those games where there is a lot of scoring. And that could be a lot of fun. That's Travis, last, oh, go ahead, Jim. Tra- Travis, last one from me. Sure. Um, b- big picture wise, I know we're still pretty early in the season, but I mean, are you looking at like the goal or, or something to shoot for for Portland would be home court advantage? It seems like right now they're fourth in the West. I mean, with all of the guys that they've had out, it seems like that would be quite a, an achievement for them to, to be able to finish. Obviously, you want to finish as high as you can, but to be able to finish fourth would be you know, something that would be pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I think top four is, is within reach. Um, I don't think anybody expected them to go nine and five to this point with Nurk and CJ both out of the lineup, um, but they have. You know, it was, can, can they tread water? Can they um, can they hold on long enough until those guys come back? They've, they've done more than, that, more than that. I think if they were nine and five with everybody healthy, they would be happy during that stretch. So at some point, yeah. CJ is going to come back. He got reevaluated yesterday. 
I'll take another look at his foot in two weeks. And, you know, the assumption is that he'll be back at the start of the second half. We don't know when Nurkic is going to be back, but if, if they can, uh, I don't think necessarily continuing this pace the entire time those guys are out, but if they can stay somewhere along this pace when they come back, yeah, the fourth C is, is absolutely in reach. One of the goals at the start of the year was stay in the top six. You don't want to be in that playing scenario, but top four is, is definitely within reach. They play Phoenix next week. They play Denver and the Lakers next week. A really tough stretch with uh, you know, three road games there. So try and continue what they're doing and, you know, stay around that position long enough to where everybody is healthy, be a top four seed. The Jazz are on another planet right now. The Lakers might fall back to earth a little bit with Anthony Davis being out. The Clippers are very good. So I don't know if a, a top three seed is within reach, but a top four seed for a home court in the first round is, is definitely something that they're playing for. Good stuff there from Travis Demers, radio voice of the Portland Trailblazers. As you mentioned, I think it's going to be a fun one tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. Both teams on a back-to-back. Both teams playing really well offensively, so we'll see what happens tonight in New Orleans. Travis, best of luck. I know there's a lot of games going on. Stay safe wherever you are in Portland and, and enjoy the game tonight. Appreciate you guys. Same to you, and hopefully one of these days things will get back to normal, and I'll be able to see you down there in New Orleans soon. All right, Jim, I'm really excited about tonight's matchup. I'm more excited after the Pelicans got a big win last night. If it was a four-game losing streak, I'd be a little concerned because Portland's playing uh, their best basketball of the season right now. But we have to go back to last night. I know um, a lot of it could be matchup-based, but, I mean, the Pelicans have had the Grizzlies' way um, basically since last year, which is very promising, especially with those two teams battling for a playoff spot potentially this year. But, you know, after three tough games defensively, the Pelicans – only allow 113 points, which is very good in those standards compared to what they have been. Um, what stuck out to you uh, about the win last night? Because obviously the ob- offense has been spectacular, but the defense, I thought, really stepped up. To not have the high volume of three-pointers made against them and taken against them, I thought was really nice. It was kind of almost jarring to not see a team go on a huge barrage of three-point makes. You know, I think Memphis finished with 13 last night. I think, you know, another encouraging thing about that game overall was that I thought for really the first time in the, I think it's, I'm not sure if he's played in all five games, but that over the last two seasons, first time that John Morant really had a good game, big game against the Pelicans offensively and New Orleans was still able to win by 31. So that was definitely a good sign as well. Um, I'm not sure, who knows if, if the head to head series is going to factor into anything later down the road. It kind of did last season. If you remember, like, Going into the bubble, the fact that the Pelicans had done well against them was definitely something that was favorable as far as potential tiebreaker and that sort of thing. But um, but but just overall, I mean, it was just a it was a great performance and it just seemed like a lot of fun. I was kind of joking on Twitter towards the end of the game about how I felt like the sun had finally come out and the temperature was warming up. I think it's warming up right now. So maybe things are looking up and, and things will go back to a, a positive uh, mood as it opposed to what it was the beginning of the road trip. Oh, no doubt about that. I'm glad you mentioned the season series because I think people forget you're only playing each team in your division three times. And so the Pelicans have already won the season series against Memphis. So, again, that tiebreaker at the end um, can be very helpful for New Orleans, and we'll see if that is the case. Jim, uh, it'll be looking forward to actually seeing you tonight. I haven't seen you in about a week or so. Um, should be a fun one tonight. I appreciate the time. It really should. And uh, as Travis said, I hadn't really thought about this until he mentioned it Uh could be a lot of points tonight so hopefully uh hopefully there will be a lot of points at least on one side of the equation absolutely all right eight eight o'clock tonight it's a late one from the smoothie king center you can watch on fox sports new orleans 
or also listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. And Jim will have inside the numbers for you later on as well with no shoot-around update. Be sure to look out for that on pelicans.com or behind the numbers. I think I keep saying inside the numbers. Behind <laughs> the numbers. I'll get it right one of these days. But look out for that on pelicans.com or the mobile app, or you can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore I promise I'll get it right one of these days, Jim. You keep getting two out of three right. I I, I can spill it. It's going to be three out of three soon. No worries. But I think people get the point. They understand. It's, it's numbers. It's previews. It's Pelicans versus whatever team they're playing. So we're, hey, we're good. Hey, batting uh, 666 gets you in the Hall of Fame. So I'll certainly take that right now. At least in baseball, right. that's the case. All right. We'll talk to you later, Jim. Thanks. All right. For Jim, I'm Daniel. And for Travis, thanks for listening to today's Pelicans podcast presented by CP.